0: This is episode number 35 of Ships with Joseph Piner. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Welcome to today's episode of Ships with Joseph Piner, who is a documentary filmmaker and founder of Sin Focus and Media Productions. Starting out filming weddings and events, Joseph found his niche in documentary film after working with the reputable TV company Authentic Entertainment. In this role, he directed and produced a documentary called Uncertain Days Living Homeless in 2006, which was distributed through Amazon. In 2008, he directed and produced the documentary Shaping Up America, and in 2011, he created Free Spirits, Saving America's Wild Horses, which premiered in five different theaters throughout the United States, including cities such as Chico, California, Las Vegas, Wilmington, Delaware, Louisville, Kentucky, and Portland, Maine. Joseph has traveled across the country as well as internationally to represent the brand that SinFocus and Media Productions has established in producing documentaries, event videos, commercials, and music videos. The continuing strength of the company is its ability to present compelling stories through high-definition formats. This is a really amazing episode that you do not want to miss. Joseph talks with us about the importance of spreading awareness of the dangers of technology, noting that technology isn't necessarily a bad thing. He's not anti-technology, but that it's important that we find a balance between our technology use and how we relate and interact with people in our daily lives. He also talked with us about the powers of documentaries, that documentaries are used to promote change. So this is a really great episode with a very accomplished documentary filmmaker. I really hope you enjoy it, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. So without further ado, let me introduce Joseph Piner. hello everyone welcome to the ships podcast today our guest is joseph piner thank you so much for being with us today thank
1: you pat and thank you for having me on your podcast
0: absolutely i'm really excited to have you on the show we got acquainted when you were doing the filming for your documentary electronic crack and i felt honored to have been a small role in that production And so you're someone that I definitely wanted to bring on this show because I think that you have a unique insight into the importance of human relationships in today's digital age. Well, Pat, I I would say you had more than
1: a small role uh, because what your solo play, I don't know for people that do know about your solo play, it went so far as to bring in a strong message to the audience in the documentary film.
0: It's good. I'm I'm happy to hear that it resonated with people and uh I was you know I was happy to to play my part in it. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and what led you down the path that you're pursuing today.
1: Okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh in the early 80s I pursued a career in filmmaking and what my focus was wanting to make films about documentaries uh making documentaries about subjects that will create change, which leads us to uh, the addictions that we have with technology. And I just noticed like six years ago, everyone was walking around and they weren't aware of their surroundings. They weren't aware of of even what they were saying at certain times. So I said to myself, that's going to be my next subject for a documentary. So I started out making a documentary. And the more I got into researching about the addictions of technology, the more and more I seen even more people, you just couldn't turn to your left or right and not see someone that was nose diving or their face was buried in a screen. It's amazing. And it's still amazing today, if you wanna use the word amazing, because I just can't see how someone could go through life and not be aware or have awareness of their family members, their friends, and have face-to-face conversations.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's, I find, only becoming more and more prevalent as technology and tech companies create more and more enticing apps that really suck up our attention and want us to be on our devices at all times.
1: Well, you know that these apps that they're making through Through making this documentary, I found out that the apps that they're making, they're making them on purpose to make people want to be addicted to the devices. In fact, we have a lot of ex-technology experts that worked in that field that no longer work with some of the big companies. I'm not going to name the companies, but they no longer work for them. And they are now advocating for people to cut down on the usage of their time because they were purposely making these apps so that you can continuously, continuously scroll, scroll, scroll through your apps and, and and through social media, and that's another thing too. By the way, we found that social media. Is one of the driving forces behind this addiction, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how would you say, just given your experience in creating this documentary, Electronic Crack, and the various people that you interviewed, how would you say that social media is like at the forefront of all these issues taking place? Well, the social media, it
1: lets people be, or, or at least in their mind, be what they want to be. And what I mean by that is that, Social media is actually has actually changed some behavior of young kids. I'll give you a couple examples. A few years ago, they had the knockout gang going around just to film that, to post it on social media. You have the young kids uh, swallowing, taking these challenges like the Tie Pod, swallowing that, which is actually in the film we added, by the way. And these are behaviors that are, are not normal, actually. The driving force behind that is that look, I can do this, and all of a sudden I can have stardom on YouTube or Vimeo or one of the social media platforms, Facebook, and that's what I mean by social media being the driving one of the driving forces of, about our addiction to these technologies. Because most people are le- just sitting around, and if you look at them, a lot of them's not really acting. Act- actually conducting business or or chatting with a friend they're actually scrolling they're actually looking on facebook and Twitters, and and it's just actually in my opinion it's just wasteful actually yeah most of the time it is anyway
0: yeah it's a lot of time that that we're wasting and and not getting back and do you believe through your research that you found a lot of people especially teenagers? are almost looking for this instant gratification, almost looking for this certain level of fame within the social media sphere? Absolutely, but it's not only teenagers. It's not only
1: teenagers, it's even adults. And Dr. David Greenfield, who is actually in the film Electronic Crack, he's the owner of uh, the Technology and the, an Addiction Clinic in Connecticut. By the way, there's four a lot of people probably don't know, but there's four clinics uh, that people can go to to get weaned off their devices. And think about that statement I just made. We actually have addiction clinics for people to get weaned off their technology. So there's one in Connecticut. There's one in Seattle, Washington, Pennsylvania, and I believe Illinois. There's four that I knew of back then. There's probably more now. So (laughs) this is actually becoming an epidemic, and that's just why we named the film Electronic Crack, because when they want instant feedback, like you said, the the young kids, but it's not just the young kids, it releases this feel-good drug called dopamine in their brain, and they get the same good feeling that they would have as if someone was taking a drug or or any type of feel-good pleasure that they're having. And that's what uh, Dr. David Greenfield explained in the film. So yes, that's one of the reasons why they're becoming addicted to their devices.
0: Yeah, it really is those dopamine hits, that little spark of something pleasurable that really keeps them and really all of us very connected and very into our devices. It's what they call the feedback loop of always going back and checking in to see if we have any likes or comments. And it becomes very intoxicating.
1: It is. It is. And I, I just want to say also, when I met you, when we started doing the documentary film, you were working on a plan to get the information out and make public awareness about how we're becoming. And I got to say that I put you in that same field with as one of the pioneers that are that's trying to bring this information out to the public. And I just want to say that uh, before we go any further.
0: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, connecting with people like yourself as well as others who are working in this space of using technology more mindfully, digital wellness, digital well-being really educating people on how to use their technology who might be using it to access. That in the beginning, I felt like I was one of the few people talking about these things. And that was that ended up being a big reason why I reached out to you, because you were someone else who was thinking about these issues and who was really being proactive in educating the general public as to what was happening within our society. And so it's really been amazing from the point where we had filmed my segment of the documentary to where we're at now, just how much more awareness has been spread. You you see on the news, there's so many news stories nowadays about the impact that technology is having on us as individuals and as a collective society. So, So yeah, in a lot of ways, both you and I, as well as many others were like these early pioneers that were really starting to notice uh, something, something not good going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's like you said, there's other groups and organizations out there. And a lot of them had past experiences with technology that either worked in that field. And uh, I think the name of the one of the name of the organizations, that, I think that's on uh Oh, God, I can't remember the name.
0: Oh, the Center for Humane Technology.
1: Yes. And and a lot of those uh, uh, people were actually ex-workers at some of these big companies. And they seen the need for this is what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it tells us something, too, when there's some inside people who are working for these companies being like, oh, OK, something <laughs> something needs to change. I I, I don't want to come
1: off like, I'm not for technology and I'm not for progression because I love all these things. I just want people to know that I'm not advocating throw your devices in the trash can or anything like that. I just want to bring public awareness to what's going on on the back end of all this goodness that we have.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, it's really a balancing act to really use technology as a tool and use it for all the great things that it provides us. At the same time, not allowing it to use us and really having that opportunity to use technology, but then also still live in the real life, still engage in face to face interaction and the importance of that. And with with all that said, I'm really curious, as you were developing this film, Electronic Crack, about a topic that is so essential to all of our lives. So many of our lives are centered around the internet, are centered around being online, on our devices. So I'm wondering, what were some of the challenges you faced in creating a film that is trying to emphasize the dangers inherent in smartphones and social media? Well, actually, um, I got a little pushback from that,
1: actually, uh, when we when we had a segment in the film about the dangers of being addicted and using these devices, um, which leads me to uh, microwave radiation. Now, that's one of the dangers that I included in the film, because we have a whole host of people or population of people that say that saying they are getting a sickness From the microwave radiation that's coming off of our cell phones, not just cell phones, like the power lines and things like that. But they were more focused on cell phones because so many people are buying cell phones and tablets and, and, and laptops and the wireless capabilities that they have. More towers are being put up all around the country. And that's one of the things that they were arguing about. But the challenge was, oh, this is not true this can't be true, that people are getting sick. So I got a lot of interviews. (laughs) Uh, The door was shut of wanting to get that important interview that I needed to go along with what some of the people that were getting sick talking about. Uh, That was one challenge as far as getting the interviews. Uh, The other challenge was people don't want to hear that something that they're using, like a cell phone, and it's so easy to get so much work done, so they were kind of reluctant to also give interviews on that subject,
0: yeah, and it's actually really amazing when you were talking about the really the impact that wireless microwaves could have on our on our living and can actually make people sick this was something i was completely unaware of until i i actually learned about it in your documentary it's something that because we can't see the wireless connection necessarily it goes completely over our heads and we don't even realize the impact that it could be having on our physical health
1: well it's so much of an impact that there's this little town called green bank west virginia Okay, it's called the quietest place in America. And we have people from all over the world, not just not just the United States, but all over the world that are flocking to this little town. And I'll tell you the reason why no cell phones or wireless is allowed in that town. And it's been that way since 1956 because of the largest uh, movable telescope that they have there, because the microwave radiation Interferes with that telescope. So they want nothing wireless there in that little town. Now, that town acts as a Faraday cage to these people that feel sick because they can go there and now live uh sick free of the wireless that we have all over the other parts of the country. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I urge anyone to Google Green Bank, West Virginia, and you will see all about this and you will be amazed that this has even gone on.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that there is a town out there that doesn't have any wireless. Now, do are they still able to connect to the internet just not in like a, yeah. in a wireless way? Like I imagine the way that they live is pretty significantly different from your average everyday American. <laughs>
1: well, they're hardwired. Yes, they can they can plug in and they can go on the internet, but wireless, just wireless, no. So yes, they can do that. But if you go into this little town, you're going to take a step back in, in time because you will see kids outside riding their bicycles. You will see kids outside playing basketball, baseball, softball. And you can see a few of that around here, but not as much, but it will take you back to your childhood because guess what? They can't just sit around on their devices in their hand. So you see these things there in that little town and you're like, wow, this is odd. You see telephone, uh, you, you know, they still have where you can go to a street booth and go into the telephone.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll amazing. take a step
1: back in time. That's really <laughs> you know. neat. What really happened is they didn't predict in 1956. They didn't say, well, we're going to have cell phones and all this social media. So let's make this law and regulation. That's not (laughs) what happened. What happened was, was the telescope. But they grew to like that. Even in today's society, when they see so many people on social media and walking around the streets, looking down at their phones, they told me that we love that here. because we don't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah. It's really amazing that what was once commonplace is now almost like this luxury in a way that people are flocking to this town to be able to find relief from all this wireless connection that the rest of us are so accustomed to. The
1: magic word you just said was relief. Uh, And that put me in the mind of uh, the young The 14-year-old that's in the film, that she took a technology challenge where she gave up her social media and her cell phone for three weeks. And we left a little camera with her to monitor so she could talk about her feelings. And at the end of that, almost towards the end of her period, she said she felt free. She didn't have the worry and the constant Uh, pressure of of answering her friends or, or actually
0: just talking all the time on social media. Wow. And yeah, sometimes it's just as simple as spending time away from the phone and really taking time for yourself, whether it's introspection, learning more about yourself, or the opportunity to connect with others. I think that sort of time for yourself is so important nowadays
1: yes and you know Pat there's a communication issue also with uh, with this situation with tech because we have kids and young young adults that's grown up in the tech world I mean they really don't know or didn't even know that you could walk over to a phone and dial and pick it up and someone on in another room could phone up and you could hear them. They didn't know this. Uh, but my point is, is that for people that are older and then you have a younger person that's grew up in technology, there's that communication barrier because the most the most older person wants to talk to you face to face. And then that that younger person wants to text. So, and when they do text, they say things that the older person can't really, you can't determine what he or she really meant by that, and that can cause issues because I've seen it with my, with my own eyes. Like, what do you mean this, what you said in the text? Well, no, I didn't mean it that way. So you're not face-to-face with that person and looking at their expression to help you understand how they meant that.
0: I think that's a huge problem nowadays. I, I even face that myself sometimes where I might send a text message and it gets interpreted a certain way or or I receive a text message and I interpret it a certain way. And because we don't have that Those the facial expressions, the vocal tone, the body language, a phrase can mean something completely different than if it was said in person. And so I absolutely understand what you're saying with regards to this communication issue that we're facing as a society.
1: So I think people uh, can understand that the more and more we get immersed in our devices, the more and more, and I, and I have to say this again, I love the way you express that in your solo play. The more and more people get pushed apart. It's it's, it's unbelievable to
0: me. Yeah, it's absolutely true. When, when it really hits me is when you're out with someone, maybe a friend or a family member, and that, that friend or family member is on their phone the entire time. And... Yes, you're with them physically, and you might be hanging out with them for a few or several hours, but none of that time is of quality because they're just in their devices the whole time. Yeah, and, and, and
1: um, I'm just going to use young
0: teenagers. They are getting depressed
1: because they go on Facebook, they post a picture of themselves. I'm not just going to say Facebook, but uh, it's other ones too, and they're not getting many likes and you know what that's telling that young person it it's telling them yeah it, no one likes me no no one cares about me and i've heard i've heard young people say this because of the social media and that's what i mean by it's the driving force behind that it boggles my mind that i don't know pat it just <laughs> it just boggles my mind that that a young kid has to go through that And say, okay, let me post this. I can't wait to post a picture. Maybe they got a new haircut or got their hair done or something. And they post it and they're looking for that instant feedback. Oh, yeah, you're beautiful. I like this. So we're judging people now by how many likes we
0: can get. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. My generation, I like just missed it. So smartphones really started to become prevalent while I was in college and had they been a like mainstream when I was in middle school or high school with the influx of social media and apps always in our pockets, I, I can't imagine that sort of pressure that students nowadays have to deal with.
1: <laughs> you mean you, you said always in their pockets. Well, let me tell you this. Did you know people are getting surgically attached to their devices?
0: Oh, it's like getting chips embedded and things like that. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah.
1: And, you know, that concept to me came from putting that little earbud, but in your ear and it's in your ear all day long. And that's how you talk on your uh, device, Bluetooth to your phone. So they said, well, if I got it in my ear all day long, why I just might as well get surgically attached to something.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the head of the uh, FCC in the health department of the federal communications. Uh, Chris, he's in the film also. He's the one that told me that. In fact, he told me that he could take me inside a facility and show me where people's getting physically
0: attached to their devices because I was unaware of that. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like in some ways the big issue down the road, I think, is going to be how mechanical do we want to become and how human do we want to stay? I think it's going to be this big decision that people will face in their lives with regards to how much technology they want to have embedded into their bodies. It's uh, really this like insane science fiction type of scenario but as you just said it's something that is very real <laughs> <laughs> well that's the same thing we said about dick Tracy that's the same thing
1: we said about the Jetsons uh you know and look we have wristwatches like dick Tracy we had and and then now we're moving in <clears throat> we're progressing into another stage <clears throat> excuse me and <laughs> you're like you're just saying like some science fiction but guess what I don't think it is. I think as more we progress, the more. But but we are going to have the choice, what, what you said. How human or how robotic do we want to be? Yeah.
0: Now, there was a lot of things that you covered within that film. A lot of thought-provoking things that are happening within our world. And in your opinion, what was the most shocking discovery you came upon when filming the documentary? I would say... The town
1: of Greenbank and the people that were getting cancer like sicknesses from the devices and the wireless radiation. Uh, the addiction itself was shocking because I didn't realize that it was that bad. And I will say that bad because when you have to start uh, having addiction clinics because of something, just like any other addiction, uh, an, an addiction causes issues with yourself and your family. Let's use alcoholism. It's going to spill out to your wife, your children, and so on and so on. Well, that's what this technology is doing the same thing. So the biggest shock to me was the addiction itself, actually. yeah, I didn't know how strong it was.
0: Yeah. And I'm happy to hear that things are starting to, at least awareness, like you were saying, is starting to be spread about these potential addictions happening with social media, smartphones, and technology. And I specifically want to highlight what the medium in which you work and you create documentary films. And there's a lot of people working in this digital well-being, digital wellness space. They're working as coaches, teachers, perhaps psychologists, uh, running clinics, like you were saying before. So, I'm wondering what is it about creating a documentary that really resonates most with you? Well, documentaries, unlike uh,
1: fictional films, uh, reality TV shows, it's real. Documentaries, if you look at a lot of documentaries, most of them, 80% of them, are to mo- promote change. And that's what I like about documentaries. When you go make a film of a documentary, you don't push people to say what you want them to say. They say what is real. So throughout that whole film, you have a film that is real. And you're hearing real-life stories. You're hearing real-life examples. And that's what I like about the, working in that medium of non-fictional film which documentaries
0: and how do you think that documentaries and films and the creations of films can help inspire people to act within their own lives well first and foremost
1: listening uh like this podcast for instance i love them they're great and radio uh interviews radio shows you you take in a lot of information but moving pictures when you actually see someone on a TV screen or a theater, it hits home even more. And I'm not saying podcasts and radio shows are not great because <laughs> they are. Right, right. <laughs> because they are. Yeah. But my point is the question you asked me with the documentary, you are actually seeing something. You are actually listening to it at the same time. So you kind of take it in a little more, if that makes a little sense.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's incredible when watching a documentary, a, a movie, even a TV show, like how quickly you could fall into the story of what you're watching. And specifically with documentaries, the fact that it is real information that you are telling a real story. It's amazing just how quickly because you could see it visually, how quickly you dive into what's happening and feel what the different characters within the documentary or feeling or talking about. It really is a powerful medium.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I hear a lot of people when, when we go away somewhere and they ask what I do and I tell them I'm a documentary filmmaker, they're like, wow. And, and, and they just want to know so many things about it. And they end up saying, I love documentaries. I watch them all the time. PBS discovery channel, and now they have their own dedicated sections on some of these cable networks for documentaries, period.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that says something. I think it, it shows that documentaries, no matter what the documentary may be, really resonate with people. It really allows them to develop a deeper understanding of certain things or certain issues that are taking place within our world and specifically with electronic crack the influence that technology has had in increasing amounts within our world today. So I really want to thank you for <laughs> for making us uh, you know a documentary about this.
1: Well you're more than welcome. I want to thank you for your work you're doing. And I will say this making this documentary electronic crack and with any documentary, documentary filmmakers, they make these films. And once they make the film, okay, well I made this subject now to move on to another subject well you may do that but with this one I'm kind of st- stuck with this in a way because now I'm getting requests to actually give seminars and presentations uh, uh coming up around here where we're at located in Maryland and Delaware and the the schools want them uh the town halls want them so I'm becoming very impressed with the public now. They're asking for these presentations. So what is that telling you? The work that we're do- the work that we're doing, it to me is kind of paying off if you have the public now asking for this.
0: And that leads actually very nicely to my next question. There are a lot of people who listen to the ships podcast because they're looking for more information on how they could improve their lives their relationships with themselves, with others, but also their relationships with technology. So when you were creating this film, did you stumble upon any sort of solutions? Uh, yes, I did. And it's, it's actually pretty straightforward. It's,
1: it's <laughs> once you know what the problem is, and we just went over a few of them, you know to cut down on your usage, your time. You know that you shouldn't be sleeping with the cell phone under your pillow or under your head. You know to spend more time with your family at dinnertime talking instead of on the phone. You, you know, you just know these things and that's what, when, I've learned that on the way.
0: Yeah, it's a matter of knowing these things and then putting them into action. No, really knowing what you have to do and disciplining yourself to act upon what you know you should be doing. Absolutely. And on, on
1: our... Our website, on Electronic Crack Films' website, we have resources. And I think everyone that is in the public eye, they should offer some type of resource. Let's not just tell people what's going on or there's this problem. Let's also offer solutions and
0: resources to them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so much of what we talk about on this SHIPS podcast, too, is really lowering our time spent on technology so as to improve the relationships within our daily lives. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, what is your idea of a genuine, deep, meaningful relationship? My idea of a deep, meaningful relationship would be to listen
1: to your partner, understand them, understand where they're coming from. If I can give you an example, if I'm going to use me and my wife, actually. She is always on her cell phone. So I have to sit her down and say, you know, honey, look, you're not paying attention to me as much. I'm telling you, I want to communicate with you. Uh, Can we do this? Can we do this? Let's jump in the RV and go somewhere. Uh, You know, let's leave our devices in the RV when we go somewhere or in our car. So so at I'm trying to ease her over, make it easy so it doesn't turn into, well, this is my phone. I do what I want to do type of thing. I want to ease it in. So she says, Well, maybe I should start doing this more with, you know, talking more or spending more time. So I hope the the example can answer the question more than I could say.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, it, it definitely paints a, a really good picture about what makes relationships so vitally important in today's age of technology. So yeah, I think that was, I think that was a perfect answer.
1: Yeah. When I said listening right off the bat, that summed it up because you have to listen to the other person. You just can't talk and express your views. You have to listen to theirs also.
0: Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us on the ship's podcast. I really appreciate you coming on the show and Talking about your work as a documentary filmmaker and then specifically your documentary on electronic crack and how important and vital it is to for people to check out this documentary, too, because it really is this wealth of knowledge of, like you said before, spreading awareness to this issue. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Well, Pat, I really appreciate you taking the time out to have me
1: on your podcast and speaking of uh, getting the documentary out there, like you said, and letting people see this documentary, um, we're at a point right now with this documentary where we were going around the country holding screenings of the film. And as you know, uh, some of the places the film has been or was scheduled to be at, at this point, at at this point, um, I'm thinking about uh, self releasing this film now just to let people know in case you ask how can they see the film so that would mean website its own regular website for digital download dvds blu-rays um because we're we've been pushing this film and we are hitting some closed doors with it uh the bbc Had interest in the film. I don't know if I told you this, but the BBC contacted me in reference to the film. It could have been, I know, some of the advertisement over there in the UK, but they did contact me about it and that fell through. So now what we may do in the
0: near four months is self release it. So I'm just letting you know that. Great, great. And do you have a website or platform where our listeners could go and find out more information about you and your work? Oh, yes. You can
1: go to uh, sinfocusmedia.net, and I'll spell that out for you, sin, C-I-N-E-F-O-C-U-S, media, M-E-D-I-A. Dot net sinfocus that's the that's my website but electronic crack also has its own website which is uh, electronic crack dot and there they can get a whole wealth of information about the film uh resources for electronic addiction and everything
0: awesome perfect and i'll be sure to include those links within our show note as well joseph thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast really appreciate it
1: thank you pat and keep doing what you're doing uh you know (laughs) i'd say man god bless you because you're getting the information out there
0: thanks thank you very much you're welcome there you have it everyone joseph piner i highly recommend keeping an eye out for his documentary electronic crack it is a really great insight into how we can better adjust ourselves to the influx of technology so that it doesn't overtake us so please keep an eye out and feel free to check out his work If you liked this episode, please feel free to subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a review. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you, and this voicemail may be released in a future episode, so stay tuned. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing amazing episodes with inspiring guests. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode 35 of Ships with Joseph Piner, and I look forward to joining you in the next episode.